Welcome to Adventures of a 20-something podcast, where we explore the ins and outs of navigating life in your 20s. This is a podcast for all the other self-discoverers, all the other people in the pursuit of purpose, all the other 20-somethings not sure what the heck they want to do with their life. So let's figure it out together with your host, a 23-year-old in a continual transition state of life herself, Ariana Sweetnich. On this episode of Adventures of a 20-something, we'll be talking to Lily Murphy, a true citizen of the world. She's visited every continent, except Antarctica, that's next on her list, and has learned so much about herself and the world through that process. So, if you like to travel and are going through a big life transition, this is a must-listen episode for you. And now, here's Lily. Hi everyone, welcome to the show. I am here with one of my lifelong friends, Lily. And Lily's going to tell us about her very interesting, eclectic life. So Lily, can you introduce yourself to the listeners, please? Yes. Hello. Uh, My name is Lily. I am from the Bay Area, born and raised. Um, I went to school in Southern California at a school called Chapman University. I'm 23, and much like everybody else on the show, I think I'm just trying to figure it out. We're going through a lot of changes, and I've just actually moved back from Hawaii and kind of in this middle ground now before I take this next step into my future. Amazing. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about Hawaii first. Okay. Um, What made you decide to move from California to Hawaii? Yeah, that was kind of the, the big girl jump. I like to call it like I had graduated from college and I felt after living at home for like a month, I just like couldn't go back to what was before. And the reason why I was so reluctant to, you know, go back, kind of take a step backwards, if you in quotation marks, is because I had had a wonderful experience traveling my senior year of college um, on this program called Semester at Sea that really changed my whole life. And so that kind of propelled me to want to seek out the adventure and just constantly do the scary things or the things that like are out of line with like the pathway that people in like the Silicon Valley kind of like get shoved through you know so moving to Hawaii was something that was out of the box for me but it was in you know I never said out loud like oh I'd love to live in Hawaii but like who doesn't want to live in Hawaii Mm -hmm. and I just decided that after graduating that it was entirely possible for me to go to a place that was much healthier for me. Um, For me, the Silicon Valley at that time was just like this bubble and I needed to get out. Like it was this just this breeding ground for this mentality that I just couldn't grow in. So I just decided to leave and that was kind of the big step. And so I chose Hawaii because um, I was choosing to live with my boyfriend and I also... Besides that huge fact, like, (laughs) besides that important little detail, I also just felt that Hawaii was this place where I could have the space to think and grow and literally slow down, you know, to island time and give myself a little more space for, like, self-exploration and self-examination and, like, practice, well to learn to practice all these things that I would gain from being there, so. That's awesome. So it sounds like you traveled a lot your senior year. You saw how much 
adventure could bring growth into your life and you wanted to continue that adventure and growth in in a place that pushes you a little bit outside of your comfort zone. Yeah, and that's exactly what it was. I mean, Hawaii was like a very it was a very intense experience um being there and living there for and working there, you know. Um What was your job there? It was I I worked for a company called Pacific Quest and that is a um what it is, you know, you ever hear of like wilderness therapy programs? Mm-hmm. So sometimes instead of being sent to just traditional therapy, some people feel that their young adult or their child would do better in a more integrative experience. Um, so what the, what the company I worked for was called Pacific Quest, and they did horticulture therapy. And pretty much it was a rehabilitation program for young adults. And we were with the students from sunrise to sunset every day for eight days. Um, so it was like a really intense experience because it was a lot of therapeutic work throughout the day, but it was also a lot of physical labor because the company prides itself on, um, teaching people about sustainability and holistic well-being and using, using gardening and plant science in order to be able to help alleviate a lot of the pain and stressors and, um, I guess, negative experiences that people feel constantly. Mm-hmm. So um, That's so interesting. Yeah, very therapeutic, very earthy, mm-hmm. very, it was just a very, um, and very intense. It was, it was almost like spiritual in a sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Did you feel, because that sounds like there would be a lot of emotional labor that you yourself would have to put into that job. So do you feel like you felt any burnout at all? Was it very intense for you, kind of working those full eight days? Yeah, Absolutely that they call it shift work. I was on for eight days, like 14 to 17 hour work days for eight days straight. And then I was off of work for six days. And this back and forth, you go from like go mode all the time to like, oh, right. I live on an island and it's Hawaii and I'm on a vacation every other week. Mm -hmm. So it was like this back and forth thing, but yes, emotionally exhausting. I'm a very, I've learned over the course of like a year and some working there that I'm a very deeply sensitive person and very empathic person. And so for myself to open myself and serve other people in that way was like really destructive in some ways to like my own ability, mm-hmm. but that's all in the practice of the work. I mean, there are tools to help you become a person that can serve other people while still keeping like yourself emotionally intact. But, you know, we're all just humans. And so I can follow all the rules in the book and it's Mm -hmm. still going to affect me. And that's what I learned is that it was very intense emotionally and physically and mentally. But even though it was so like exhausting and the burnout was so real, like I wouldn't change anything. Like that was a deeply changing moment in my life. Awesome. So even though, it was really, really hard on you. It sounds like you gained a lot from it. Definitely. It was easily the best year of my whole life because just of how much I learned in such... I didn't... You don't go into these things. You don't apprehend how much you're going to get from a an experience. So the, just the fact that I did walk away from such a beautiful place with so much like love and respect for the land and 
so much knowledge and gain that I can like come back with it just it just it's changing it changes you yeah so because I feel like Hawaii even though it's a part of the United States has its own like cultures and traditions and history that's so rich and did you learn about any of like the islands absolutely yeah while I was there I was able to visit four of the islands during my time just in my off you know time when I didn't have to work I I traveled a lot and I was also able to be at a company that really values and implements like the natural landscape and the natural heritage and culture into the work so it wasn't just a matter of this company coming in with all their therapeutic techniques and using Hawaiian soil for their benefit to help other people who were, you know, majority from the East Coast or from predominantly extremely wealthy um, backgrounds. So everything was so cohesive. It was like taking a little bit of what I knew from before, mixing it with all this new, and then bringing in this like side component of like so much knowledge from actually like the land of Hawaii. Like it's amazing. Sounds like. Moana. I love it. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. Um, and so you had an amazing year, a little bit over a year. Yeah. And then now where are you at? Well, I finished working there um, for like a year and like four months, I think. And then I went on this huge monster of a backpacking trip. Um with my boyfriend Dan, and we backpacked through Southeast Asia and um, made our way to Australia and New Zealand, and I've been doing that for four months, mm. um, and now we are back from that trip, and now we're kind of visiting the Bay Area again. Mm-hmm. And then? And then after that, um, the goal, the plan, mm-hmm. is to road trip to Colorado where we will be moving um very soon so we should be there by like end of May beginning of June amazing okay so let's unpack all of that yeah so let's start <laughs> with the backpacking trip first yeah. because it sounds absolutely incredible what made you decide to go backpack through Southeast Asia Whew. um what made us what what made me go mm-hmm. um that is that's a story that starts, I think, back in college. Mm-hmm. I went on the semester at Sea Thing, and I, during that trip, I was able to travel through um, Europe, the Mediterranean, northern and western Africa, South America, and Central America. And it was kind of like, wow, that blew my whole vision open for what is possible and what who I am compared to like the landscape of all these countries in the world. And it was just really inspiring, you know, get the travel bug and I already had it, but that really did it for me. Mm -hmm. And it was just a matter of like, I want more. Yeah. I, that trip showed me that like the world is not a scary place. And the only way that I can really get my own opinions about it is if I go see it for myself. So that's what I did. So the next trip would consequentially be all the things that I hadn't seen Mm. and so I was able to visit Japan, Thailand, Vietnam, Cambodia, Laos, Myanmar, Singapore, Bali, Indonesia, and uh, Australia and New Zealand 
in four months. Wow. That's a hand. Yeah, it's a mouthful. That's a handful, lot, mouthful. A lot of seeing and experiencing in yeah. four months. I hope I didn't forget one. I think I got them all. <laughs> it's okay. If you remember it, you can bring it up. Yeah. Um, so now you've like seen the whole world. Yeah. And it's not so easy as just like checking off a box. That's definitely not my intention. It's It's to be able to go to these places and make it happen and make that real for myself. Um, kind of pushing aside all the, all the exterior like noise that's telling me graduate from college and then get a nine to five job and then get an apartment and then a car and then a dog and then a house, you know, like Mm -hmm. I just, it just doesn't feel right to do that. Like something about that just feels so like inauthentic because it's not coming from me and I very well have those dreams down the line but I don't need to have them right now cool so you really listen to your intuition and that yeah right now is the time for you to see the world and experience all of those different places and cultures absolutely I just I cannot wait till I'm retired to do those things because by the time that's gonna happen I won't be able to do all the things because my body will have decided exactly. to decay or whatever by exactly. that point. And, and, yeah. and what if, I mean, God forbid, but what if you don't make it to that exactly. age, you know, for, for some reason? So yeah, exactly. All we have is today and we have to seize the day. <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of gives you chills just thinking about it. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm surrendering myself kind of to this world when I choose, like, willingly choose to, like, take it in instead of, like, listening to, like, the noise and all the people and all the judgments telling me this is what you're supposed to be doing right now. And it's super scary. Every day is just, like, I'm not a superhero also. I just want to, like, state that. Like, I'm (laughs) not, like, some hero just because I'm, like, not going to grad school or something. I'm not trying to be, like, that precocious. But... I'm just trying to listen to myself, and that feels brave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm reading this book right now called um, Women Who Run With the Wolves. Oh, God, I love that book. Have you read it? I haven't read it, but that is actually a book that was highly used at my work oh, constantly. Cool. It's it's really big. Um, we do women's councils and things like oh. that and like hold a lot of space for that. Amazing. Yeah. So when you were speaking about you know listening to yourself and what you needed to do for yourself... You reminded me of that book because oh, yeah. it talks about like the wild woman archetype and how yeah. um, society and the patriarchy has kind of shoved our voices down mm-hmm. so that we haven't been listening to them and living from that authentic place. Yeah. Um, and so it's cool that you've been able to, sounds like, discover that voice and who you are yeah. through your travels and through these past few years of experience. Yeah. I mean, it's not like traveling solves all the problems in your life and it doesn't show you the way you know it's not like a yellow brick road kind of situation you just Mm -hmm. have to go find yourself while traveling like that's way too like cotton candy like bubble gum like Mm -hmm. fantasy of like what traveling does like those things can occur but it's actually through a lot of grit work and and hard like things that happen to you while you're on the trip Mm -hmm. or like the tough situations that you get yourself into or like the happy accidents it's like it's all the stories that you accumulate from traveling that actually gives you this greater context from which you can learn from the world rather than just from a book or a a classroom you know I just I never did well with classrooms like (laughs) I love learning and I'm such a dork but like for some reason I just can understand things so much better when I'm 
experiencing them kind of firsthand. And so it's kind of the greatest teacher is kind of life itself. Totally. And I like what you mentioned about how travel isn't this pretty thing that we take pictures and, you know, post about it's, it, it is mostly a really hard, strenuous, great work. Um, and that's when we grow the most through that pain and the struggle. So, um, what do you think has been one of those experiences along your backpacking trip that really shaped you and and the trip? Mm. My gosh, there's so many. It's hard to pick, but if what you're asking about an experience that taught me something. Sure. Yeah. I guess just one of them, because I know you probably had a lot. I have so many, and I, I wonder, like, what I should choose to even share about. Like, I want to talk about all of them, you know, but... Take it one at a time. We have time. Let's <laughs> talk about Bali. Okay. That's, because I, Bali was a very interesting point in the trip for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so by that time, we were a very significant, you know, portion into our trip. Um, we pretty much had a week to spend in Bali because we had timed it and we actually had a little bit of spare times before we went, we had our flights to Australia mm-hmm. planned beforehand. So mm-hmm. we had this week to kind of spare and we were in Singapore and we couldn't stay in Singapore because Singapore was so expensive um, and that wasn't going to work on a backpacker budget. Mm-hmm. Um, but so we decided to go to Bali and um, it was kind of this interesting thing because I'd had a lot of people tell me like, oh, don't go to Bali. Like, it's beautiful. Yes. But just... You, what your picture of Bali is, is this Instagram post. Mm-hmm. And what it is, is different. And you can find the magic and the beauty, but just know that it's as different what it looks like in person. And I also had people tell me, like, go, oh my gosh, you have to go. You have to see it. And then it would just always been on my list of things to do. Like, you see the pictures and you always dream of, like, going to such a beautiful place. It literally just looks so magical. Like, mm-hmm. you couldn't... You can't make this stuff up like it's just a storybook you know yeah um so we went and I was just in this state of constant anxiety Mm. I couldn't relax in this tropical paradise even though I was literally there to enjoy myself we decided to like splurge with like a little nice like like a mini hotel room for the week and I don't I just don't know what it was it was like I was conflicted. I like couldn't relax in this place because I was like, oh God, what am I doing? Why am I here? Like, um, contributing to these tourism industries that like wash away all this natural culture that actually exists here. I just felt bad. And I like, I didn't know what it was. It literally took me a whole week to just even get settled before we even left. But the takeaway from there is like the trip will never be perfect if you have this image in your head of what it's going to look like Mm -hmm. and like whole like just isn't that isn't that um a mirror to like all of life you know I wanted to go on this trip I wanted to see the world I wanted to get all these things from it either consciously or subconsciously Mm -hmm. um and going to Bali was like oh, you're going in with all these expectations? How about we give you anxiety and no sense of calm in mm-hmm. this magical place mm-hmm. and see what you do with it? Mm-hmm. And I just had to learn over the course of that week that going in with expectations and trying to fight this 
thing that was happening. I was almost like fighting myself and fighting the trip at the same time. I was exhausted at that point. I was like, why are we here? It's so, it's expensive, it's touristy. And we had just come from Singapore, which was expensive before that. And before that, we'd been in really underdeveloped places like Myanmar and, and Laos. And Myanmar is currently in a civil war. So it's like the stark contrast, contrast between going to a place where there is so little and finding my happy spot there and then going to this place where there was so much in my in the palm of my hands and I still wasn't happy mm. I think that in itself was just like a huge smack to the face mm-hmm. uh, because that really is reflective of like where I'm at in my life mm. like in a strange way kind of seeing Myanmar and and all these other underdeveloped places and then going going immediately to all these locations that have so much, like Singapore, so technologically advanced, infrastructurally speaking, probably the newest buildings in the entire world, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it's just hard to see it, Mm -hmm. and I think where I find my most peace is in a simpler way of life, and where, yes, I may have less, but, like, that's almost good for me. Mm -hmm. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with having less and being, you know, simpler in, in any facet that I can, and... So I feel weird now coming back, mm-hmm. um, going from living in Hawaii to being back in California. It feels weird to be back in this area specifically. Mm. And just, I don't know if I'm making any sense. No, no. It it's kind of sense. reflective and it's kind of this microcosm, this instance that happened in Bali and this, and this whole trip was kind of reflective of like where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, it sounds like you as a person feel more comfortable in environments that it's not about um, the physical, it's more about the internal. Um, like with Hawaii, you lived in a natural place, and yeah. so you would, it sounds like you would go within a lot. Um, but somewhere like the Bay Area, um, you're living outside of yourself a lot of the time, and it's a lot of external stimulation, and a lot of life is fueled by... Um, technology and achievement and success and money and and all that kind of stuff and so it sounds like when you were traveling you felt that same kind of push from the polarities of um living a simpler life and you know finding it finding the meaning of life in um getting to it in a much simpler way spot on absolutely it's 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 finding meaning in life like there there it is like how I find meaning in life is not necessarily how my mother is gonna find meaning mm-hmm. in life and for me right now like here we are I'm 23 um we did college we did that whole thing we got a big girl job it taught you a lot of things and it's like this next step of like okay what's next because the reality is if we are the creator of our own reality then it's a matter of doing that to like the utmost standard of what is meaningful for you Mm -hmm. for myself yeah and so for myself I am really in this transitionary period um and it's super scary but it's like it's all going to be okay it's just a matter of following the instinct instinct and trusting yourself in that voice but also like learning to also surrender to the silence and to the future and the unknown because that's where I think 
you are actually born is in the unknown. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can't create anything of yourself if you actually don't try anything new or different. So in order to see what those limits might even be, if any, in order to define yourself, you actually have to push yourself more, which means challenge. So for myself, I'm taking my time and slowing down, but that's actually a challenge for me. Mm -hmm. Creating these things for myself while also doing scary things like moving to Colorado. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. I think a lot of people have trouble in this point in our lives, the 20s after college where we're trying to figure out life because there is no one way you're supposed to do it from now on. It's kind of your choice how the rest of your life is going to unfold. Whereas, like, when we grow up, we're um, told what to do by our parents, and we're told what to do by our teachers in school, and we don't have a choice. We have to go to school, and we have to learn, and that's great, and it forms us. Um, But we don't have the chance to creatively pick and choose what our life is going to look like. And so now that we're here and we have a world full of choices, it gets very overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Um, But on the other hand, you can also step into it and look at it as excitement and um, possibility. And I was reading an article today about um, how rather than doing what you think you're supposed to do, ask yourself every day, like, what inspires you? Mm-hmm. And live from that place rather yeah. than from, I think that this will make me happy because it's what other people are doing. <laughs> do what you actually tell yourself is what's going to make you happy. It's like we're Marie Kondoing our entire life. <laughs> Does this spark you joy? Yeah. If not, what are you doing? Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, and that's and that's why it's so hard every day because you have to make the conscious decision of what is my day going to look like yeah. because what what is it going to inspire me today? And then you can get overwhelmed by the choice. Oh God, then you yeah. can get overwhelmed by what am I doing? This is not how I was taught or raised to live my life. Yeah. Um, but then you can also be like, well, this is cool. I can kind of do whatever I feel like doing, which is yeah. very privileged um, to have that opportunity, but it also, it, it takes a lot of, like, reflection and trust that everything is going to be okay if you listen to your inner compass. Absolutely, you have to trust in yourself, and that's the thing that I think all of us young folk are proving to ourselves every (laughs) single day. Um, yeah, I definitely relate so heavily to what you just said. I lived for so long, I lived for so long in the future. Like, my actual life was just living today for what could be possible and of course that is the grounds for like dream work and like attaining goals 100 percent. but it was to the extent that I no longer was like living because it was constantly in this push for like I have to be anxious now and I have to work now and I have to do this now not for my own enjoyment and growth in this moment because that was inaccessible. It was actually like I'm foregoing happiness and peace of mind and my sanity right now in order to potentially have some success in the future. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a I think I don't know. I'm I'm definitely in this time of my life being forced to reevaluate my success and it's kind of almost like living more in the present is facilitating me in finding that 
in every day, in choosing today over the future, mm-hmm. I think is what is a challenge for myself and probably everybody. But I think that's where I'm kind of finding my, my work right now. And, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, that's, that's the trickiest thing of it all is choosing today. And So how do you define success? Well, um, for yourself. I still am one of those people, you know, I used to, I used to, like I said, I was, I used to be this person. I feel like I've actually had this huge 180 in my life. I really don't feel the same as who I was in college or high school. I just like traveling so much and moving to Hawaii just feels like it shut off this exterior skin suit that I was mm-hmm. wearing. That's so weird to like visualize. But no, like, I love it. I'm weird like that. So. You're peeling the layers of the onion. I'm an I'm an ogre, <laughs> and these this is my onion. You know, <laughs> yeah. I just feel so raw because everything is so difficult. But it's like I'm a child. Like I'm just like facing it all and learning it all. And so, um, doing this big scary thing is kind of like pushing myself to learn these lessons by doing it every single day. And I used to just be this type A person I used to be a bitch I used to be so mean to myself and so mean to everybody and so just like mean to life that like I couldn't I couldn't even see who I was or what anything was like I was just objectively putting up these walls because of where I was at that it was like this whole story is of me being able to like finally like see see for the first time yeah well how could you be anything but a bitch if you're so unhappy with your current present state of life you know (laughs) yeah totally it um when you're at peace with yourself then you can be at peace with the world exactly I love that I do I I 100% agree finding the inner peace kind of reflects then what you can create in terms of like your external not saying you were a bitch because obviously we've been friends for a very long time so I don't (laughs) think you're a bitch no. (laughs) (laughs) no yeah I was I I I feel different now. I feel, even though I'm so, like I said, I'm so raw, I feel, I feel like I'm learning a lot again, like mm-hmm. almost as if I'm like learning it all over again, mm-hmm. but it feels good because I feel like I'm doing it right this time. Sure. So what do you hope and dream of for the rest of your 20s? Not oh, for right. the rest of your life, but totally. for the rest of your 20s. Yeah, totally derailed that whole question. No, it's okay. I get I get lost in the sauce. <laughs> I really do. It's fun to be very philosophical and metal meta. Um, but what do I dream of? I have I'm even though I was a type A person, I still kind of have that high standard for myself. So my new motto is I'm a person that lives with low expectations but high standards. Cool. So I want the best for myself. I want to live like fully and that involves like having some pretty high goals for myself. So here I was, like, prancing around in Hawaii. Just kidding, I wasn't prancing anywhere. But I was doing this, like, work that was very different than what other people would define as success. But in terms of my own success, like, in the future, I'm, like, manifesting it right now. I'm, like, saying it aloud. You know how they say, like, speak your highest goals, like, aloud? So I, Lily, Mm -hmm. (laughs) have the highest goal of one day having a doctorate in neuroscience or something of the sort. I am fascinated by consciousness and cognition and perception and the way we as individuals and we as a species of Homo sapiens sapiens see this world. And I just want the highest for myself. And 
I'm not rushing to get there because life is not this linear mm-hmm. up uptick. Mm-hmm. It's not a it's not just like it's not like Miley Cyrus the climb. Like it's never the climb. It's never been the climb, Miley. <laughs> this is a side note, but I was totally rocking out to like Miley Cyrus, old school Miley Cyrus yes, this morning. It. Which is why I bring this up. Happiness and success is not linear for me. It's always gonna be like a heartbeat, like mm-hmm. up and down, up and down. And so it's just for myself, those are the goals that I have in the future. Don't know how the hell I'm gonna get a doctorate. That's so far in the future. But I'm not worried about it because I know I'm capable of attaining such a high thing and I'm so passionate and fascinated by such a topic. Even if that changes in the future, that's okay. I just like have this inner feeling that I can do that Mm -hmm. and I'll get it someday. Yeah. And people nowadays, I I heard, I heard something one day that said the person who is going to live to be 150 has already been born. Like the first person to, to be 150 to live to be that long okay has already been born and so I'm thinking well goddamn if I'm gonna live to be much older than anybody in my family has ever lived to then we got time Mm -hmm. we have more time than we think that we do and I'm sick and tired of like thinking that my whole life is this constant countdown like race yeah I'm not doing it I don't buy it nice I don't buy into this rat race stuff and I found a lot of happiness not doing it, so I'm going to, like, keep doing it. (laughs) Cool. Okay, so one more question before I finish up. Yeah. If you were to think back to 19-year-old about to turn 20, Lily, Mm -hmm. knowing what you know now, what advice would you give her? Oh, girl. (laughs) I would just look at myself and just be like, oh, I think you know, you think you know something, don't you? You think you're, you think you're so, like, you don't even know. I'd like, to, I'd like put old me in my place, first of all. Okay. I'd be like, sit the hell down. First of all, we're going <laughs> to chat. <laughs> I would just tell myself to like, I mean, I'd say a lot of things. I really would. Um, I would just say that you will never know what you can do or what you want to do or what you think you should do if you don't slow down mm. and if you don't actually start listening to your own voice. Mm. Granted, here I am, 23, still finding the voice, but that's mm. fine. Um, I think I just spent so long like listening to all the noise and just like becoming the noise. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's a very abstract thought, but... So, be still and listen. Yeah. And go within. Stop being so charged from all these exterior things that are telling you to do one thing or another. Listen to the voice. Find the voice. Develop the voice. Not, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not like somebody's going to drop off my voice for me on my doorstep, but it's like... It's a journey. Do things that find your voice. Mm -hmm. Do things that bring you joy. That's what I would do. Is that cliche? Like, listen to yourself? Listen to the voice? It's cliche, but I've learned that I actually love cliches because they're cliches for a reason. Because mm. we say them a lot because they're really true. Yeah. So, fuck it. It's a cliche that I like. I guess so. I mean, I, I, I hope to not be... Like, the goal is to not be basic in this life. But, like, yeah, I, I agree with that, though. That the cliches do work. And I'd probably tell myself to...
I don't know, I probably would have told myself to, like, dump my ex-boyfriend first. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I really hope he's not listening right now. But yes, do you? Do I? Like, just do you. Do you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you. Test it out. Experiment. <laughs> Experiment. Because <laughs> um, life is just... A fun game that we get to live however we choose. Oh my god, yeah. If this is all a simulation, we might as well just have a good fucking time with it. You know what I mean? Amen. Like, do all the things you're supposed to do. Don't be a delinquent, kids. Stay in school. Go green for the kids. Recycle. (laughs) But have fun. Don't be an asshole, but also just like, if this is our one life and you never know, you never know what's gonna happen, I might as well do me Mm -hmm. and I might as well not buy into all this, like, bullshit that everybody else is doing. Like, granted, I understand how societies work, and I understand order in a civilian population is what, you know, allows for success for society. Like, I do understand these things, but Mm -hmm. it's almost like I've come to understand those things that I just can't buy it, you Mm -hmm. know? I just, this is my life. Like, I can't waste it living somebody else's dream or society's dream. I can't, like... in that, that, in that sense, there's, in that sense of the word, there is, there is no time to waste mm-hmm. because I'm only wasting my own time if I don't serve myself. Yeah, totally. Cool. Woo. All right. Sweet. <laughs> thank you very much. You're welcome. A big thank you to Lily Murphy for joining us on Adventures of a 20-something. Thank you to all the listeners as well. If you like this episode, you can rate it and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or whatever platform you are using. Keep listening in for more fun with some 20-somethings to come. Thank you. Thank you.